God save the queen, man. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson, with me as always. (laughs) Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston, I think I'm losing my voice mm-hmm. still from this weekend. It was a fun weekend. It was a lot of singing, a lot of dancing, a lot yeah. of a lot of loud music where yes. you had to talk over the music. even louder. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Charlie either that all or weekend. I'm going through puberty, one or the other. I think it's too early for that. For, honestly, okay. When yes. does that happen? It's probably like the party. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's probably the partying weekend. I yeah. would say. You had a good time. Went to a wedding. I went to a wedding also mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. It was fun. You were my guest. Mm-hmm. I had a good time. It was a nice wedding. Uh, the couple, as from what we can tell, is still married right now. Yeah. And so it seems to be successful. They looked happy that night. They, they at least portrayed a bit of happiness throughout the <laughs> night, but you never know. It's tough to tell. Okay. And uh, it, it remains to be seen. Yeah. So oh, good. marriage is a fickle thing. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> I know it is. Hey, what's up? This is Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week. When we want to, hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button, do all of those things. We want to welcome you here for the Juneteenth episode. (laughs) Actually, we forgot it was Juneteenth until someone in the live group, the Fed Haters Club, joingmail.com, told us it was Juneteenth. Was that your Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. impression? I just felt the Mm. soul coming on, Mm. okay? And I wanted to welcome everyone. So it's very nice. Thank you for being here. Did it's, you have a dream? I did. I did. I'm going to tell you about it later on, though. We don't have any content for Juneteenth, but I'm sure there's going to be plenty of dumb bleep to talk about later on. <laughs> so we'll just talk about it then. It'll just be a few yeah. days later. I do want to say it's a good thing that we freed the slaves. I mean, I agree. yeah, I agree. Because that was that was absolutely terrible that we mm-hmm. enslaved people. In fact, so. polls show that most of America agrees that we should not enslave people. Mm-hmm. So it's still holding strong, luckily, you know, because in a democracy, you never know. <laughs> All right. So yeah. the polls start to shift. Mm-hmm. Then you know the thing. That's how it goes. Uh, we started off speaking of you know the thing, the beginning of the episode, we had our president, our dear leader, saying, God save the queen, man. <laughs> that happened. Over the weekend. And from what I can tell, no one can figure out what the hell he was talking about. Unfortunately, the queen passed away. God, Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe he did save her, you know, depending on what your beliefs are. But as far as like being a human still, Mm -hmm. there's no longer a queen in England. She's dead. Mm -hmm. So it's just a little late for that. Plus, it's not typical for the U.S. president to end a speech with God save the queen (laughs) in the first place. You think he was trying to say, God bless America? I have no, I don't know. Maybe he was thinking, God bless our troops, because he says that sometimes. Mm. And the first thing he thought of was the, was I God don't know. save the queen? <clears throat> There's no mm. way of knowing, okay. Man, but, God save the queen, man. <sighs> okay, the other thing that happened over the weekend and is still happening right now, it seems, there, so on Thursday, Joe Rogan released an episode with RFK Jr., and I've, I've listened to it, actually. I For the first time, I listened to him talk for a while. He's, listen, I, I think that the voice thing is something that he'd have to overcome if he was going to be the president. But 
Biden's been able to do it. And uh, Fetterman's still out there <laughs> introducing Biden. That was another funny thing that happened. And so, I, you know, I, I don't remember, think it could really... Remember when we watched the Fetterman video? We're like, there's no way that they'll put those two together. Yeah. They did. They did put them together. They sure did. Somebody watched the video mm-hmm. and they were like, yeah, we're going to put these two together. How about that? You so, know what? It gives me hope, though. That does when, it? Well, when, when people say you can be anything you want, oh, yeah. they literally mean that <laughs> anyone can be anything they want. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You could be borderline mental and senile and yeah. still be the most powerful man in the world or wo- or woman if we ever have a woman president i mean yeah we don't know about that one yet apparently not not with this whole patriarchy thing but yeah yeah so i mean you know it really gives credence to the whole you can do any and be anything that you want look at the white pills getting thrown out here on a monday i love it i want to before we get into the rfk jr talk there was this harvard caps harris poll now, this is not the Harvard No Caps Harris poll, so I'm not sure if we can trust it. So but this, this is all a, untruth. Though. Yeah, Harvard Caps Harris poll. This was interesting. Trump, Kennedy Jr., Musk, and DeSantis are the most favorable public figures. Favorability of public figures. Hmm. Now, they do favorable and unfavorable. Tied for the top three are on the favorability scale are Donald Trump, RFK Jr. and Elon Musk, all at 45% answering favorable. Now, Donald Trump has 48% unfavorable on there, but who's more unfavorable, according to the poll? Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton and Mitch McConnell. (laughs) Unfavorable. Uh, AOC is close up there. Chuck Schumer is close up there. Ted Cruz at 40, Mike Pence at 45, Kamala Harris at 49. Okay, so she's more unfavorable than Donald Trump. Who is Doug Burgum? <clears throat> I've never heard of that guy. I got no clue. Hmm. This is just a favorability of political figures or public figures, whatever. So anyway, Trump up there, RFK Jr. up there, and Elon Musk up there. I thought it was interesting seeing RFK Jr. so far up on this list because anything you ever hear about him has to do with him being an anti-vaxxer, crazy, mm-hmm. now right-wing conspiracy nut job. Because if you question the medical establishment or the pharmaceutical companies, that makes you a right-wing nut job. Mm-hmm. Domestic terrorist. Yeah, that as well. Yeah, Especially if you go on Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. I mean, just simply being on that guy's show shows your bigotry. The people died because of that episode. <laughs> Yeah. No question. Yeah, rest in peace. Another interesting thing that I saw, now we are both, Charlie's a big L libertarian, and I'm kind of libertarian as well. That's right, Um, I still have a card. Most voters across the partisan spectrum say the country needs, quote, another choice other than Biden and Trump. Third choice gains outright support other than Biden and Trump. Okay, 69% answered saying that the country needs another choice. 31 said Biden and Trump are good enough choices. 31% of the country said that those two are good enough. 53%, uh, if Trump is the Republican nominee and Biden is the Democratic nominee, would you support or not support an independent, moderate candidate running for the president presidency in 2024? 53% said that they would support a third option. 47% said they would not support. 
55% from the Democrats. Yeah. Would support an independent option. 48% from the GOP. Y'all, this whole two-party system, the people don't like it. We Mm -mm. keep putting up with it because it's the fear. Like When you look at between Trump and Biden, well, if you're scared of Trump, then you eventually hold your nose and vote for Biden because you're scared of Trump. And if you are scared of Biden, then a lot of people will eventually hold their nose and vote for Trump. Uh, And that's how the two-party system just keeps on working. Mm. It's always the idea that if you vote for the third option, that you're voting whoever it is that you don't want to win, that's the person that you're voting for. Oddly enough, both parties will say that it's a vote for the other party. So... I think it's time that we have a third option. The question is... How do you hold your nose in, like, the boot, like the voting booth? Well, you, got, you, ever, you only need to do, you know... Uh, do you use two hands to vote? Like, you double vote? Because <laughs> you can hold your nose with one, and you can vote I'm, on the thing. <laughs> it's easy to do. Yeah. <laughs> How do you cheat that way? I mean, I, like, when I go to vote, I'm, like, slipping in other cards underneath. Oh. You know? That's okay. I have my cheating pre-planned <laughs> beforehand. They, they fix everything afterwards anyhow okay uh, people want a third option the question is is that rfk jr i'm really did he say he would run as an independent no no he's okay. still he's running as a democrat now if he loses i don't know what that means he would just go ahead and run as an independent i don't know we, we don't know yet a lot of libertarians also have been behind rfk jr even though mm. he's had some concerning things to say about climate change and all of that in the past. Economics. Yeah. In general, everything except for Big Pharma. Um, he seems to have come around on the Second Amendment. He said that the science is settled. <laughs> no, he said the case. It's settled, basically. The Second Amendment is. Um, so he seems to be okay on that right now. But the economy, that's, that's not good. Mm-hmm. I can't. I could not support him. I didn't even vote for Gary Johnson. Okay. I'm not going to vote for RFK Jr., Gary Johnson wasn't libertarian enough to get my vote. Yeah. So I can't. Maybe everyone else can. Not sure. I want to talk about the controversy that happened. So he goes on Rogan, RFK Jr. does, and just spews hateful anti-vax rhetoric the whole time. This guy, Professor Peter Hotez, this doctor, Hotez. He's a double doctor. He's got all the doctors. Mm. Okay, every single one of them. The the idea was mentioned that RFK would like to speak with Hotez and that maybe they should debate. And this was actually mentioned on the Joe Rogan episode. Hotez comes out and says, I'm happy to come on and clear the air. Respect to you and your show. I don't want an adversarial relationship. I think we can work well together. Um, the problem was Rogan, Joe Rogan got involved in this in a way that I haven't seen him get involved in something in a while. He was all over it. He likes to stay off of Twitter. At one point in time, Hotez last month had said that he was concerned about the Elon Tucker link. And then when you fold in Rogan and RFK Jr. and it becomes a pretty formidable coalition with neo-fascist leanings, in some ways darker or perhaps more dangerous than Trump, in my opinion. Awful. I just hope Team Biden is preparing. Mm. So anyway, Rogan didn't like that very much. So he actually gets uh, involved in this whole debate me thing. Okay. Now, Hotez, as they're talking about this debate me bro thing, 
You, if you, if you really can disprove RFK Jr., then debate me, was, bro. Was that the hashtag? Debate me, bro. No, that's just what people on mm. the left call it to try and discredit people who want to debate ideas. Uh, he says, "You have my cell, my email. I'm always willing to speak with you." Rogan says this is a non-answer. I challenge you publicly because you publicly quote tweeted and agreed with that dog shit Vice article. If you're really serious about what you stand for, you have a massive opportunity for a debate that will reach the largest audience a discussion like this has ever reached. I'll just go ahead and paraphrase. And Elon Musk chimes in and says he's afraid because he knows he's wrong. <laughs> Getting so, juicy. Yeah, we're going to get into some substance here. Don't worry. I just mm. want to get, if, if you're not hanging out online like I am all the time, I want everyone to be up on what was happening. Okay. Even if you know you're wrong, you might as well do that debate. I mean, so you're gonna they're gonna reach <clears throat> millions of people. That's the thing. And we're gonna get into the idea of it's wrong to debate people like RFK Jr. because it it gives credence to the idea that they're even worth talking to. And that's what a lot of people, especially on the left, especially people like Mehdi Hassan on MSNBC, who had uh, Hotez on, I believe, last night on his show. Uh, we'll talk about that. This is a claim that I want to talk about. Elon Musk says he's afraid because he knows he's wrong. And Hotez says, seriously, Elon, this is monstrous. 200,000 Americans needlessly perished, including 40,000 Texans, because they were victims of anti-vaccine disinformation during our awful COVID Delta waves in 2021, 2022. Please don't do this. So he is very strongly standing behind this claim that 200,000 Americans died because of vaccine disinformation. They were victims. They were victims of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't find where he got these numbers. Now, he has a book coming out where he discusses these numbers, but he is staying pretty strong behind this, by the way. He tweeted it out several times. This information during the pandemic, 200,000 Americans perished just from disinformation. Mm. Imagine if you actually If only the that. government had mm. like a disinformation... Governance board. Governance board. Mm -hmm. They tried to do, but it was sadly taken down by disinformation. <laughs> the problem, it was too late. Disinformation <clears throat> prevails again. Mm -hmm. Once again. So when you believe that 200,000 people died because of disinformation, will you do anything to try and stop that, mm -hmm. right? Of course you would. I want to show you a little bit, some of the videos here. But once again, he's got, here's an article right here, Texas A&M Today. He's got a book coming out, The Deadly Rise of Anti-Science, A Scientist Warning. How can we understand the overall impact of anti-vaccine and anti-science rhetoric during the COVID pandemic. I mean, wasn't it <clears throat> science that caused this? <laughs> like. It, yes. When science goes wrong, actually did cause the pandemic in the first place. In fact, there was new information that just came out that we haven't talked about yet because our friend Amanda was going to come on and talk about it. And I haven't been able to actually get it scheduled, but they've even more closely linked this outbreak to the Wuhan, Wuhan lab in China. And gain of function research. And gain of function research. And gain of function science, at least the Chinese military having something to do with it, not saying that it was intentionally leaked or intentionally created to cause this pandemic, but it does seem to be uh, sciencing gone wrong that caused this problem. It seems as if they were playing with fire and we got burnt. That's, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And there wasn't enough water to wash away the sheep. Uh, 200, 
He says, the number I come up with in the book is that 200,000 Americans needlessly died because they refused the COVID vaccine during our terrible waves. This was at a time when vaccines were more than 90% protective against severe illness and death, and yet so many Americans needlessly died because they were hearing disinformation. I cannot find how he actually quantifies this. And if he's saying everyone who chose not to get a vaccine, uh, and then therefore the people who ended up dying who chose not to get vaccinated, that that is all because of disinformation of some sort. We actually don't even know what the real numbers are because remember, they were adding COVID. Like if you died of a, in a car wreck. With COVID. With COVID, mm -hmm. it was a COVID death. Yeah. So we don't, like, even if that wasn't what actually caused the death, we don't know what the real numbers are anyway. Now, I will say that, uh, you know, a lot of Americans did die more than, like, four or five times more than what we see from the <clears throat> flu. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, but we still have 40,000, 50,000 people dying a year from the flu yeah. and from all kinds of other things. We've had, what, a 200% increase in, like, opiate deaths and overdoses and addiction. So... There are other ways people die. And for some, this is what always weirds me out. When people get so pointed on one specific thing and then they use that as like a broad paintbrush, mm -hmm. right? It's like, oh, well, you don't want to get vaccinated against COVID. Well, obviously you're listening to misinformation or whatever. But how many people skip the flu vaccine? I mean, yeah. lots of people do. I skip it all all the time. Yeah. Every so year. So why do we focus on like this one thing? Like now, if he was this way about all of these things, mm -hmm. I think there'd be a lot more credibility to his argument, but, but there's not because they, they narrowly focus on this one thing and, and put you in a camp of uh, leaning neo-fascist. I'll tell you like why. That, that's the actual problem here. The, if somebody has a different opinion, well, all of a sudden, like, you're literally Satan. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I want you to think about this. Really think about the answer to this question. In the past week, how much time did you spend on yourself, on things that you needed and wanted, versus the amount of time you spent on other people and what they wanted and what they needed? It's easy to get caught up worrying about everyone else and what makes them happy. And then a couple months go by and you're like, whoa. What about me? Not that it's wrong to, to want to help people. We should want to help people. But therapy can help you strike a better balance in your life so you can continue being a great friend or a great family member without getting stretched thin and burned out. My life was changed because I chose to go to therapy and our co-host Charlie has been a BetterHelp customer for years and he loves it. If you're considering therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, flexible, and convenient. Just fill out a few questions on the website. You get matched with a licensed therapist and you can even switch therapists at any time for no charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash G-M-L. At one point in time during the Rogan interview, Rogan asked uh, RFK why things have changed so much. Remember, RFK is a Democrat and, let, you know, clearly left-leaning person. And when you, before COVID, when you thought about anti-vaxxers, it was always like left-wing hippie people were the people that I would think of. It was left because they were questioning Big Pharma and their motivation to make a bunch of money off of these products and to force people to take them. And there was all, they were covering up people who were getting sick or dying or whatever because they were just trying to make money and they had corrupted our benevolent government and all that. 
And then it switched all of a sudden. And uh, Rogan asked RFK what happened, and RFK has kind of an answer for it, but I think they missed the point. Uh, the reason this happened is because science and this COVID vaccine represented the ability to have power over people. That's why it switched so much, because you can now use what they call science, which are just, they're, they're talking about studies that people do. You can find studies that prove and disprove basically every single thing, okay? But they can use science as a tool for control over the population. That's why it switched so easily, mm -hmm. because everyone realized that it represented power. I want to play, here's a little video about Hotez talking about the people that died once again because of disinformation. We have to recognize that anti-vaccine activism, which I actually call anti-science aggression, has now become a major killing force globally. During the COVID pandemic in the United States, 200,000 Americans needlessly lost their lives because they refused a COVID vaccine, even after vaccines became widely available. And now that anti-vaccine activism is expanding across the world, even into low and middle income countries. It's a killing force. Anti-science now kills more people than things like gun violence, global terrorism, nuclear proliferation, or cyber attacks. And now it's become a political movement. In the U.S., it's linked to far extremism on the far right. Same in Germany. So this is a new face of anti-science aggression. And so we need... Oh, God. Anti-science aggression. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> That's what he calls it. Well, he's a professor, so, you know... See, he does a lot to of come up with those terms. I want to be clear, I guess, before it, it sounds too much like any any certain thing. I'm not a big fan of RFK Jr. either. I listened to the whole Rogan episode, and I guess we can talk more about some of this later. But I, I he seems like a genuine guy who believes the things that he says, but I don't trust him on anything that he says. I haven't looked at the studies. He's not a scientist. Okay, he's a lawyer, from what I can tell. He's a, he's a lawyer. I don't think he's making stuff up. I think he uses a lot of hyperbole pretty often, uh, but I think it's because he truly believes what he's saying. But I've got to go look at these studies myself. I don't trust the Hotez guy, and I'm not just going to listen to what RFK Jr. says mm -hmm. about things either. And that's how people need to actually approach the situation, in my opinion. That's the way that I think about things. That's, that's, a, that's the way, it's the right way to do things. That's your opinion. Okay. And the... What's really scary now is that it's just become dangerous to uh, to talk about things. To ask questions. Which actually solidifies the anti-whatever or any of the conspiracy thirst that are out there. The more that you say, oh, we can't talk to these people. There's no way that we can ever discuss this with them because it gives them credit. Listen to how people like Mehdi Hassan from MSNBC approaches this. Uh, I want to skip ahead some. For the Democratic nomination for president believes Wi-Fi can melt your brain, your blood-brain okay. barrier. Uh, yeah, doubling down on his debunked claim that vaccines cause autism and Kennedy asserting that Wi-Fi radiation can, quote, cause cancer and open your blood-brain barrier. Yes, you heard that right. A man running for the Democratic nomination for president believes Wi-Fi can melt your brain. Now, now uh, once again, I listened to the episode I will agree. There are some what sound like outlandish claims, 
In this episode, by the way, Rogan questions it and they look up and they find the study that RFK Jr. is talking about where they say that Wi-Fi, some, that your cell phone can break down your blood-brain barrier, basically. Was it some InfoWars stuff? It wasn't InfoWars stuff. It was from a, <laughs> a medical publication. Now, I haven't actually looked at it. At it. I haven't read it. I don't. Uh, also, I'm not a scientist. What bothers me is when people just decide that, oh, that's just not possible. There's no way that any of this stuff could ever be possible. You're crazy. You're a crazy conspiracy theorist. You should never question anything at all. Just believe what we say here on the news. It's not, well, okay. <laughs> There's no question that Wi-Fi is, they're radio <clears throat> waves, mm -hmm. radioactive waves, <laughs> okay? Just like everything else in the universe, right? There's different frequencies of Radio waves and Wi-Fi waves, and there's um, satellite. That, well, um, there's radioactive waves. Light is a wave. UV rays, waves. Photons. But like <laughs> all of this stuff is bouncing around constantly. Mm -hmm. And so to think that, if okay, if you have a concentration of that, of that signal that you hold up to your head all the time, it's not, I think it'd be just fine to question whether or not yeah. that could affect you're you. not saying that it does. No. I'm and just neither saying, am I. I'm just saying that it could be very possible. Mm -hmm. Now, am I going to change my life if it is? Clearly not, because no. I've, I've been thinking that maybe microwaves are going to kill us, and we don't have, we, we're just now getting to the long-term data on that right well, here's now. Here's the thing. You're, uh, <laughs> let, me, uh, let me break it to you. It's kind of a joke. Let me break it to all of y'all. Uh, you're all going to die yep. one day. Yep. You know, so are you going <laughs> to... You got to do a cost benefit analysis on everything. I was talking to someone the other day and they were, you know, they were talking about being healthy and all of this stuff, which is good. I think you should be. Um, but also like at the end of your life, are you going to look back and be like, man, I wish I would have counted more macros, you know, <clears throat> yeah. or I, like, I wish I wouldn't have ever used my cell phone to connect with people all over the world because, you know, I got this brain cancer now and, uh, you know, I just wish I would have sat in a bubble in my house, never going anywhere or doing anything so that I, nothing ever happened. It's like there's there's a balance between like enjoyment of life and everything has a cost. Mm -hmm. It all has a cost. The food you eat has a cost. Like so, it to me, it's just it's just insane to come out and say like none of these things are possible and we know it's just not possible. The, it's like that's not science. The by reason the way. we're talking about this right now is because. I listened to the episode. They spend a fair amount of time on it, looking up studies, talking about whether or not it's true. They also get to the point, RFK does, saying that I can't really go any further on this because this is not my expertise. Like, I'm not a medical professional. You know, I'm talking about this study right here that we should question, uh, but I can't talk on this too much further uh, because Rogan's questioning and questioning and questioning. I'll show you what the truth teller, Mehdi Hassan, puts in there as a clip. Apologies, I suppose, if you're streaming this show from a Starbucks cafe. But what, pray tell, was Mr. Rogan's reaction to this completely unproven and bonkers sounding claim? Oh, we gotta get rid of Wi Fi. Mm. <laughs> what the f, Jamie? We gotta get rid of Wi Fi. Yeah, that was his entire reaction mm -hmm. to the whole thing. Yeah. They didn't sit there and look up studies or question and question and question and, and get to the end of the conversation. And uh, Rogan was definitely not just sort of joking when he said that. He's a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, comedian. I don't think Rogan's that funny. I've never, I've never been. A lot of people say his last stand-up was good, but I, I haven't seen it. because I fire. Never thought he, but he is, I mean, he is a comedian. And yeah. I'll remind you that was somehow one of the tamer conclusions of their conversation. Rogan and RFK's 
RFK Jr.'s fear-mongering about vaccines was even more disturbing. So disturbing that Dr. Peter Hotez, a renowned global health expert and the co-director of the Center for Vaccine Development at Texas Children's Hospital, tweeted out a Vice article critical of all the misinformation spouted by the pair. That was not well received by Joe Rogan, who responded by asking Hotez to come on his program and debate RFK Jr., promising to pay $100,000 to a charity of his choice if Hotez agreed to do so. And that was just the beginning. Shortly thereafter, Elon Musk, the chief twit himself, the man who once predicted that COVID would be gone by April of 2020, logged on to declare that Hotez's reticence to engage with an infamous anti-vaxxer was evidence that Hotez, quote, knows he's wrong. Look. I literally wrote a book about the art and importance of debate. And yet I am telling you tonight that I am tired of the incessant debate me bro mantra from conspiracy nuts on social media. Because it is never a good idea for an award-winning, world-renowned, peer-reviewed vaccine scientist or an actual expert in any academic field to debate an unhinged crank who thinks Bill Gates wants to control us with microchips or that chemicals in the water are turning kids transgender. Because he's and above yes, that, RFK obviously. Jr. has said both of those things. I mean, what, Why are they so a- afraid of this? I mean... Uh- why would you be afraid? Like if it's so easily debunked and you like you are a world renowned peer reviewed, like Dr. Vaccine, like why would it, why would you not want to debate someone and just give people information? Because obviously you think that the masses would see the clear picture that you could lay out and articulate for them that you would, you would save the very problem you were pointing out mm-hmm. that people are, they're dying from misinformation. It's now become an epidemic that are, that's killing people all across the world. Would you not want to try to save as many of those people as you can by writing the wrong now, of information? You see, if Hotez doesn't agree to debate RFK, then no one's ever going to hear RFK's ideas. <laughs> that's how he's... You know, that's how he's helping. Well, and he acts like they're, they're, like they're so far above. Oh, yeah. You know, like, why, why would I? Why would I stoop to your level and debate you, you no good for nothing trickster? Now, that's, you know, what you're saying. I, I do think it, it should be easy for them. Say he sits there. Let's say RFK does the podcast just like he was doing. I think a debate, debates honestly are pretty pointless. Like, no, no one's going to win really a debate. I think if they had a conversation, RFK says these things and then Hotez comes in and says, well, that's not true because this, this, and this. It's really tough to have a debate based on that because essentially RFK is going to pull, talk about studies that say this thing. And then Hotez is going to say, well, there's other studies. And also I'm a medical professional and I can talk about all the science behind it that RFK can't actually respond to either. Okay, and, he, and has no real authority on. It wouldn't be a very useful debate, in my opinion. But if Hotez and all of these people truly believe everything that they're saying, it should be an easy thing for them to win, in my opinion. If they're right about everything and they have all the science to back everything up, it should be really easy for them to embarrass RFK. And RFK, by the way, is on this list of... 12 people who essentially spread all of the vaccine disinformation, misinformation throughout the pandemic. He's like number two on the list. And so like you said, why, why wouldn't you want to be there to offer a counter balance to whatever it is RFK? It's not like RFK is not going to talk. Spotify is going to allow stuff to continue. We clearly see that. Uh, Twitter 
is owned by Elon Musk now, and there's clips of all of this going around everywhere. Okay, things aren't being suppressed like they have been in the past. So you might as well jump in there and save lives. Right. Like what Charlie's saying, if that's truly what you're going to do. Yeah. But that's, it's not what they want, not engaging no, they in want it, it. They want to end the public debate. They not engaging in it. It gives them, like what you said, this image that they're so much better than everyone it's that it's, holier it's beneath than them. Mm-hmm to go talk to those people. And in fact, that's what a lot of people on Twitter ended up saying. Tom Nichols says, one of the first rules of debating conspiracy kooks is not to debate conspiracy kooks. It amplifies and legitimizes their views. Astrophysicists do not engage flat earthers as if the earth might actually be flat. Now, I don't like this example, this analogy. There are things that are proven, that are true, that are Literally, un- listen, Charlie, the earth is round. But this isn't, but what he's saying is not true. I mean, What's that? Neil deGrasse Tyson. People has- do actually engage yes. flat earthers. Yeah. Yes. If people believe something, why not try and tell them why they're wrong or disprove them? Or at least give your opinion yeah. and ask questions. But to me, there's a difference in questioning something that is, listen, can I say that the science is settled on the fact that the earth is round? I'm not saying it's a sphere. It's not perfectly sphere. I was going to say, define round. Okay. It's not flat. I think we know that. Mm. Pretty sure. Mm. Pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't so, think you're wrong. Yeah. But that I, is, that but is I, different from arguing about different scientific studies that scientists did by gathering people together, keeping some people out, bringing some people in that different people paid for, whether or not they were controlled or blind or double blind or whatever it was where people are easily manipulated and, and uh, you know, can do some little trickster stuff on the back end. Like, to me, those things can be questioned. You can question whether or not the earth is round. I was going to say, you can, like, sure, I still welcome sure. the questions. Yeah, but those are different things, yeah. you know? You're talking about studies that human beings have done on things versus the, the earth is round, <laughs> okay? <laughs> now, apparently, this is how they feel about vaccines now, since 2020. This is how they feel about vaccines. Mm-hmm. Before, it was kind of cool to question people in the pharmaceutical industry. Now, it's not. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's fine. I mean, we hated Big Pharma for a long, long time. Uh, another person, Charlie, you want to go from Mikhail? Okay, he uh, he said, up next, Albert Einstein to debate the existence of gravity with Kyrie Irving. After that, Charles Darwin to debate evolution with a youth pastor who says he's no monkey. Finally, Donald Trump Jr. drops by to mansplain radiation to Marie Curie. Stay tuned. And that's how they frame the idea that people should talk to RFK Jr., about these things. Now, if there's someone who has this massive of a platform, he's got a 45% net approval rating, favorability rating. Charlie, Mm. 45% favorability rating. Sorry, that's not net approval or whatever. Um, that's, That's pretty big. Why wouldn't you join with him and try to correct some of the things that he's saying? If it's so easy, you're not going to just ignore him away. That It's not gonna work. You don't have control over Twitter anymore. And also, like people, you know, we can talk about abortion, for instance. Like I, my belief is extremely pro-life. However, I think it's correct. The correct answer is that it should be up for public debate. And the the, the Supreme Court sending it back to the states, I think, is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Because nothing in life is ever really settled. Because we are all 
unique individuals who have different perceptions and beliefs, and those things need to be debated. And when people are trying to navigate their way through life and find out, like, I have changed so much over mm -hmm. the last 30 plus years. Like I used to believe certain things and then I got smarter by debates and people's opinions and some of my views have changed. Like as you gather more information and 30 years from now, it might be the same. Like I'll change again over that time, you know, hopefully for the better. Like that's all, that's the goal mm -hmm. anyway. It's like you, you keep evolving uh, into better and better things. I mean, Opinions have changed so much over thousands of years. You know, like, we used to sacrifice babies, you know? Yeah. Or like... Uh, we used back, to burn ladies at the, at, you know, burn the witches at the it, stake, probably because they were uh, putting pants on or something like that. I don't know. I mean, during the plague, we used to think that uh, literally draining people of their blood was a way to save them. <laughs> Bloodletting. Yeah. Like... Bailey brings up a good point. We used to actually say what a woman was. Yeah. You know? Crazy to think back that far, <laughs> in my opinion. Now, you remember last week we talked about someone who said the debate is over. Mm. It's crazy how you went with that right then at that moment as we go to talk about Nina Turner <laughs> in the next slide. Because this is interesting. For the last little bit, she has been... Anti-debate. She has been correctly saying that Joe Biden should debate RFK Jr. and Marianne Williamson in the Democratic primary. In fact, she has been uh, tweeting about this a ton since the DNC said, DNC said that they would not be uh, doing any debates. Right here, here's a poll. RFK Jr. is at 19%. Marianne Williamson, uh, Williamson is at 9 Nina Turner says, yes, there should be debates. This next one where she says, the DNC refusing to hold a single primary debate is undemocratic and robs the voters of choice. No one who feels confident in their record and or ideas would hesitate to stand on them. No one who feels confident in their ideas or the record would hesitate to stand on them. She this, says, and she said, this should be a democratic process. She says, once again, Biden should debate. Now, who is he going to be debating? RFK Jr. Mm. and Marion Williamson right now. All right, so, so she says... Conspiracy kook. Biden should debate. <laughs> and then, this is like a, a segment that we should do called Pretzel Logic with Nina Turner, where she says, here's what the people aren't understanding. The debate is over. <laughs> the president ran on it and people voted. There is no ideological debate on this. Isn't it weird? Now, this is an interesting thing to think about, Charlie. The president ran on an issue... Therefore, the ideological debate is over. Why doesn't that carry through to the idea that Biden also, Biden also shouldn't have to debate any opponents? Because he already won. He already won the yeah. election. And he said he was going to run for re-election. Why is there a debate about this? You can't talk about it. Well, that's not going to happen. Says it all. Okay. She also says uh, to, let's see, no one wants to hear, here's people responding to her, no one wants to hear two anti-vaxxers debate Biden. If you have actual viable candidates, give us a call. And she says, if this is how people feel, having a debate would settle it, right? That, so now she's back to... to now she's saying people should debate, yeah. even if they're anti-vaxxers, that Biden should take them on. Mm. 
and save the queen at the same time. Put them in their place. And then she says, the debate me bro culture has gone overboard. (laughs) Debate and discussion is good, but simply having a platform doesn't make someone an expert on every issue. It also doesn't make someone entitled to another's time or energy. This is the most recent one in response to the idea that RFK Jr. and this Dr. Hotez should debate. Yeah, and also, why do people think that when, you, when you're like, hey, you should debate me on this issue, then that all of a sudden they're like, well, you're not entitled to my time. Like, you can say no. Mm-hmm. Like, no one's, like, forcing you to have a debate. Ugh. I wanted to talk about a, a couple things really quick, and then we got to go from the discussion. So does she, you think she's got, like, a rose that she holds, and she's like, <laughs> debate me. Debate me not. Debate me. <laughs> And then that's what she tweets out after, could she, be it. after she finishes. Yeah. Like, I love debate. I think her entire ideology is based on that. <laughs> it's what also is so strange. And I say this every time, but I'm like, okay, not only does she think this way, but she actually writes it down mm-hmm. and then publishes it for the whole world to see. Yeah. Like, she doesn't delete it afterwards. And, and it's like, uh, how do you not go through your thoughts? Like, you write them down on a piece of paper and you go through them and be like, Hmm, I maybe am saying things that don't make sense. You know, maybe I should figure out like what my ideology is. Like, am I for debates or against debates? You know, let's like, let's just figure out that question. And then you should base things that happen based on what you believe about debates. What's that called? Uh, postmodernism? Uh, sub- subjectivity. When you, yeah, you're just. Depending on the day. Anything is anything that you want it to be. mm -hmm. That is how she felt that day about that thing. There doesn't necessarily have to be a principle underlying that idea. She wants Biden to debate these other people because she doesn't like Biden on a lot of things that she actually stays kind of principled on. And she wants Biden to debate. RFK Jr. She wants him to debate. Okay, but she doesn't want someone who is making themselves an authority on vaccines to debate RFK Jr., that's too dangerous. That's mm. giving legitimacy to his ideas. She make doesn't have there doesn't have to be a principle underlying that. It's just how she feels. Make it make sense. It's her truth. Yeah. There you go. Okay. <sighs> a, a couple things real fast, and then we gotta go. There's there's two ideas that I, I clearly have not fully researched, and we're not gonna make determinations on, but it is always good to question things. I'm gonna question both the main narrative and RFK Jr. at the same time. All right. Vaccines causing autism, he is very big on this, all right? There's not conclusive evidence either way. They don't know what causes autism, and that includes them not knowing that vaccines do or don't cause autism. Although there is somebody who I think has done some research that's pretty close to figuring out why autism exists. They've got a few. And I think it's pretty cool. They've got some things on it. Um, But it's theories. There's nothing that's... It, it still needs to be vetted. So when, what, she, what she explains, she breaks everything down into the actual like proteins and enzymes and shows where the disconnect is. It's really cool. It has nothing to do with vaccines, by the way. Um, but I think the research is getting better at figuring out what does cause autism. And I pay, I pay a lot of attention to autism because I have an autistic kid, mm-hmm. you know, and he did have all of his shots. So, I mean, I'm not saying you would like to know if those shots caused his autism, course, wouldn't you? Of course. Yeah, for, but for other people, see one thing. It's I not going to reverse him. One thing I think for a lot of people is that they're scared to look into that as a possibility because it will it would make them feel like they should have looked into it beforehand. 
Well, to me, like it's all about the future. It's like, okay, well, hopefully we can end like causing something mm-hmm. like this. And like now, do I think vaccines, like, do I believe that vaccines cause autism? Likely not. But the answer is, I don't know. Do you think vaccines it's, could have caused some of the cases of autism? I think there's a potential yes. Yeah. And I think it's worth questioning. It's absolutely worth like, questioning. Why can't we just question it? But Do the we, problem is everyone speaks on authority on the on these issues, including RFK Jr. and including the people who say that, that they don't cause autism. And essentially the scientific consensus says we have no idea what the hell causes autism. No. Including vaccines or not. We don't know. But the people who believe one thing speak on authority with it. Like they know. It and could be Pop-Tarts. You got no For all clue. we know. You that, know this is a lot of bad stuff in there. Parker started eating Pop-Tarts. I mean, maybe that's when, that's you, when everything yeah. flipped. Now, here's a concerning chart for you. This comes from uh, the CDC or NIHO. One of these things. I can't remember what website it is. Surveillance year. In, two, in the year 2000, one in 150 children were diagnosed with autism. And in the year 2020, one in 36 children were diagnosed with autism. I mean, this is difficult, though, these types of stats. Oh, don't worry, Charlie. Okay. I've got it. (laughs) All right. Don't worry. So RFK Jr. will use this stat. And once again, I'm not saying that vaccines cause or don't cause. But here's what RFK Jr. does wrong, in my opinion. He uses this as a large portion of his proof that vaccines cause autism. And 1 in 150 versus 1 in 36 is, it tells you almost nothing. Correlation does not equal causation. Now, and he says, they talk about that Mm -hmm. some in the episode. He mentions that, but he still alludes to, well, it's got to be something. No one my age, like you don't know people my age who are severely autistic. And he's got a point with that. I started to think, like, who are the people that are in their 50s and 60s that are like autistic children that you see now, only they're in their 50s and 60s. And I'm like, Personally, I don't know anyone. Well, also they could be people that are undiagnosed or they've learned how to mask or, you know, they've they've learned how to become social because they were forced to. There was no other, like... Or they're homeless people. Yeah. Or that, you know, something like that. They could be homeless. They Mm -hmm. They could be in a nursing home. They, you know, they could be in long-term care somehow. But the fact that like, I don't know anyone is also right, no proof right. of that. They're not out there diagnosing 50 and 60-year-olds, really. No. So here's an issue with this number. I'm Once again, I'm not disproving RFK. I'm saying you have to do this when you talk about these numbers. You have to do it. It goes from 1 in 150 to 1 in 36. What else changed? Well, they added Asperger's syndrome into autism diagnosis, and then they added another one, which is a catch-all, PDD-NOS, which they also added into the autism spectrum, which is atypical autism. It's not like all the other autism, but we don't know what other category to put it in. And so we call it autism also. And so they added Asperger's, which is Elon Musk, richest person in the world. He's in his 50s. Okay. So there you go. So there's one. Okay. Oh, it's just the richest person in the world. Okay, right. I couldn't think of anyone. And then this PDD and OS, which is a catch-all because they can't figure out what else to call it, into the uh, autism spectrum in 1994 is when they added this in. All right? No, sorry. Upon publication, the most recent version made in 2013, Asperger's and other diagnoses were eliminated and folded into a single diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder. For instance, okay. I'll give you an example. In 1990, 
If I if I had Parker in 1990, he would not be diagnosed with autism, guaranteed. Yeah. Okay. Because Parker is what they well they don't consider it anymore because they don't like using those terms. But I'll say it. He's high functioning. He's a high functioning autistic kid. Mm-hmm. And back in 1990, he just would have been considered a kid that has some attention orders, uh, attention deficit. You know, he needed he needed help focusing. Uh, they would probably try to put him on Ritalin or something. Mm-hmm. And then also they'd be like, yeah, he just needs some help, you know, reading and communicating. And, you know, maybe some speech therapy will help with that. But he would be considered a normal kid or whatever. But now we know so much about autism. There's been so much research in the last 30 years that you can pick up the different signs of like him stimming and his food sensitivities and him lining up his trucks and like the way that he pays attention to things that he cares about, how he uh, avoids eye contact and things like that. All of those factors, um, you know, sound sensitivity and things like that come into play because they understand a lot more about autism now. But I guarantee you 30 years ago, he would have just been a a normal kid who Mm -hmm. had a couple social issues that they would, you know, work on. And he... Parker's probably going to end up being a pretty normal adult, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. But he's. But he's still autistic, right? He has those tendencies, and so you have to take all of that in consideration as science evolves and people ask more questions because science is never settled. What What's another thing about these numbers, Charlie? They're not based on actual autism diagnoses those numbers that we just talked about, Mm -hmm. one in 150 or one in 36. They're based on clinicians at schools answering on surveys about whether or not they're autistic and they can use different behavioral disorders and and all of that to answer whether or not they think someone is autistic. Mm -hmm. Those numbers themselves are not based on actual diagnosis. Right. Diagnoses, okay? Those are questions that you have to ask anytime anyone is talking, including RFK Jr., so for everyone who, you know, you never just hitch your wagon to someone and just believe everything that they ever say. You have to question everything, and that includes questioning people who question everything. <laughs> question us. Yeah. What are, what are my underlying motivations for bringing this to you right now? Uh, here's another thing, too. You can also question God. <laughs> question everything. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are times where I'm like, really, God? Like, <clears throat> this, is, this is what we got going on here, you know? Are you sure this is how it's supposed to play out? There's nothing wrong with that. Now to give credit to RFK because I gotta go. And I want to be fair. He also talks about the tetanus, the DTP shot in the oral polio vaccine. Uh, He tells the story about how this vaccine was actually clearly raising the mortality rate of children that they were giving it to in Africa for like 30 years before they did a study. And here's a study from NIH, PubMed, in 2017. This is the actual study that RFK talked about on Joe Rogan's episode. He said that they were out there giving this to people and they just never thought to look whether or not it was actually killing more people than it was helping. The NIH's actual study shows that this DTP vaccine was actually killing more kids than it was helping. Mm. All right. The mortality rate on average was five times higher for kids who received the vaccine than kids who did not receive the vaccine. For women, for girls, uh, RFK mentioned on the uh, show, it was 10 times higher for girls, Interesting. for people who received the vaccine. Uh, child population has been followed with three monthly nutritional weighing sessions since 1978. See, now I heard RFK talk about this on the episode and I didn't just go like, oh man, that's freaking crazy. I can't believe they did that. I went back to it. 
I found the study that he mentioned. What did he say? I searched it. I found the study and I looked at the actual results of the study and it turns out he was telling the truth on it. Now, he talked about the girls and not the boys. And so he gave the 10 times more for girls on average, higher mortality rate, which means the boys was actually way lower for the average to come out at five. Okay. But also, but, I w the other thing I'm going to question on this, though, how do we know all the other variables? Yeah. Right? So, like, what what are some other ways that these kids or children died, right? Was there a famine that happened during this time? Were more girls getting pregnant and dying from childbirth at this time? Like, there are so many variables to human to human life. It's hard. Now, I'm not saying that this isn't true, right? Well, if that, anything, the NIH has a... Uh, reason to not say this. Well, you know, yes, but I, I still think you should even question this. Yeah, you like, should. They say in this differences in background factors did not explain the effect. The negative effect was particularly strong for children who received DTP only and no OPV, which was the oral oral polio vaccine. All cause infant mortality after three months of age increased after the introduction of these vaccines. They were looking at whole populations, basically. It was essentially a very large natural trial. So there were people in both groups that were living in the same life situations, uh, but some of them receiving these vaccines and some of them not. Mm. And so it's apparently a very big natural experiment, as they say up, up here at the top. Uh, and I, I believe they're not. They're either not using this now. He makes the claim that Bill Gates is still that Bill Gates is still using the same vaccine to give to people in Africa and and uh, other places. I don't know. I couldn't find that part. Bill Gates is pretty good at flooding the search results with uh, disproving anti-vaxxer theories and positive stories and things like that. So I can't tell you whether or not that's true yet. The most important thing, because I seriously got to go. We got to question everything, and I think if it's so easy to disprove RFK Jr. on these things, then then do it. What they should do is pick. Let's pick one thing. They should just have a uh, the the autism conversation. Now it'd be difficult because they don't know what causes it, so that'd be a pretty difficult one right there. Uh, but if they want to have the debate over the COVID vaccines, well, then they can have the debate over the COVID vaccines. Uh, that's fine. And just pick that because this is what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to go through the studies that RFK brings up and then Hotez or someone else is going to have to go through their own studies. And then they're both going to have to poke holes in each other's studies and talk about that. And it's going to take a few hours just for one single topic. And at the end of it, they should say, we don't really know, but here's my opinion. Cause that's the answer. Cause that's the actual answer. I and then you have to make the best decision for yourself and your family based on all the information presented. That's <laughs> It's the only way to really navigate life. Well, that's why it's so important to look at the actual structures. Like when we don't know, you make sure that the incentive structure is properly aligned, that the regulatory system has not been captured by the people that are going to make money off of the regulations benefiting them, which it clearly has, which is why we want to get rid of the, uh, the, FD, the FDA and the CDC and all those things, because they're not doing uh, what they say they're doing. They're actually just, it's almost like, it's, it's like giving the pharmaceutical companies uh, the authority to use force. And that's essentially what the FDA and the CDC are. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we got to question that. What are the incentive structures? What are the liabilities if you create something that kills people? Uh, how are we doing these studies? Uh, are they 
double blinded? Are they, what are the, geez, the studies with the COVID vaccines, we know that there was a bunch of shady stuff going on. They're kicking out people who have adverse reactions. They're claiming at one point that they're a hundred percent effective on things. I mean, clearly there needs to be a lot of questions answered. And when you don't know about things and you can't make sure that there's only benevolent moral individuals running the agencies or conducting the studies, all you can do is make sure that the proper incentives are in place mm -hmm. to where if they do the wrong thing, either someone else in the market's going to come up and do the right thing. And that's going to be what people want, or people are going to find out that they did the wrong thing and they're going to get in trouble for it, either criminally or financially in trouble for it. Those are the only backstops you can make to try and stop this stuff from happening. If you agree with RFK Jr., then you want to do everything that I just said right then. If you disagree with RFK Jr., then you should want to do everything that I just said right then. <laughs> That's the only way to stop all of this stuff from happening. The distrust comes from people not knowing and from people knowing that there uh, is, that, that people have clearly been bought off in these agencies. You know, they're, I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how bad it is with uh, with Pfizer, Moderna, and all them with uh, with the FDA. But I bet it's a, it's pretty bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I bet some people are benefiting. <laughs> I so, gotta go, man. Question everything, and then take the information and make the best decision. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. You're like you're never just gonna have the answer. Mm -mm. Like that's part of life. But that's what makes life. That also makes life fun. Like it makes it risky. You know, <laughs> it'd be boring if we just yeah. knew everything. Like, are you? <laughs> Are you only going to jump out of an airplane if you know that parachute's going to open? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, because yeah, because sometimes it doesn't. See, I and just people still jump. Okay, I'm just not going to jump. But out with of the all airplane. the information that they had at that time, they made the decision. Yeah, you know, and they no, they thought the parachute was going to open. It's not guaranteed. Are you only going to get in the ocean if you know that there's no sharks yeah. out there? You know, and I'm going to Destin. There's freaking bears down there in the water right now. Apparently, I got bear problems. If you sharks get bit, are bad enough. If you get bit by a shark, are you going to quit surfing? <laughs> Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you got to keep going. And when life hands you lemons, you know, you make some orange juice with it. That's what and I've that's, always done. That's all you can do. All uh -huh. right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with everyone. And that's the best decision you can make today. Yeah, because this this stuff is important. You want to share it with 1% more people than you did yesterday. That's right. Yeah, do that. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, we're inching closer to taking over Joe Rogan, I think. So <laughs> We identify just, that, at least. Just a few more <laughs> reviews, and I think you know we'll be up there. We'll, pretty soon, we'll be having conspiracy kooks on our show. We're doing better on Apple Podcasts than Joe Rogan is. I can yeah, tell you that. I know. Okay. Guy fell off. Crushing him. <laughs> That's right. Uh, go to GodHatesFeds.com, pick up some merch, support the show that way. If you got some money, that would be much appreciated because, um, you know, obviously Nate needs it. Mm -hmm. You, know, you got to have, you got to he needs that to survive. I do. And he's hanging by a thread right now. I can't survive on only four beach vacations this year. Exactly. Okay. I need to have more later on. Mm-hmm. So hanging by a thread. Mm -hmm. So GodHatesFeds.com. Uh, there's also a link there to join the Fed Haters Club, uh, which you pay a monthly subscription to join us live and some other perks. So, or uh, join gmail.com. Like pictures that we're not going to post online yeah. anywhere else. Mm -hmm. There are literally photos that we're not going to post mm -hmm. online and that no one in the group is going to save and post yeah. online and tag us. Yeah. Because we've got a code amongst men. Yeah. It's just like an OnlyFans. Yeah. Join gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you do all those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. I hope you have a good day and a good morning.
morning liberty.